0: You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Today, we are also in the final week of a series that we're calling "One Minute After You Die." It's been a powerful series. It's it's been a powerful time of us looking. At what happens after we die. What actually happens after we die. And we've been just focused on this one phrase for the entire series. And we're going to talk about it and keep that phrase today. And that's this. What you believe about eternity determines the way you live now. I to hear that. What you believe about eternity determines how you live now. And that's really been the core of what we've been talking about for these last two weeks and in, in today as well. In week one, we learned that our soul and our spirit actually separate from our body at death, right? At this earthly uh, tent, as Paul called it. that It actually separates and that there will at some point come a time of judgment. After this life is over, and to be clear, now's not the time of judgment, right? Now's the time of grace, okay? <laughs> Jesus is still calling, offering, hey, come find me. Come. That's, what, that's what this is about. But at some point, there's there's going to be a, a, a judgment, okay? At some point, there is going to be. And last week, Pastor Karen did such a, my beautiful bride, did, did did such a an amazing job with a hard subject. Because what she did was show us one of the two outcomes that everybody is eventually going to face. She showed us the hard one, which was hell. She showed us that hell is a real place. It does exist, even though our enemy would kind of like us to make, make us believe it doesn't or it's not as bad as, you know, the Bible says it is, but it, but it does exist. I got some good news for you. Today we get to talk about the other place. I want to talk about the hope of heaven today. Can I, can I get an amen about that? Can, can we talk about the hope of heaven today? Can we talk about the hope of heaven today? Man, I'm telling you. Let me just pray for us right now. <laughs> Heavenly Father, as we open up your word today, as we prepare our hearts, Father, I pray that you will speak to us in a powerful way about this place called heaven. Father, I pray, I pray that your truth about heaven will be revealed through your word. Father, may you anoint my lips. May you touch my mind that I might in some way try to adequately communicate about this place called heaven. Father God, will you just be with us now in these coming moments and minutes? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. Just to give you some perspective, you know, this Thing called heaven has been the topic of literally hundreds of sermons, um, articles, uh, podcasts, movies. <laughs> this this thing called heaven has just been uh, the, the topic of so much, because we all seem to wonder, or many people wonder, what is heaven really like? What is heaven all about? Some people even wonder, is there a heaven? Right? You hear that? You hear that in the world? I don't think I can adequately describe heaven today, but what I can do is point out and show us three important things that God's word says about heaven. Okay? This isn't my opinion. This isn't the opinion of some blogger. That's all great. But this is what God says about heaven. And that's what I want to focus on today. I'm going to show you three things in God's word that we know and can know about heaven. The first is this. Just like hell is a real place, heaven is a real place. It exists. It exists. It exists first and foremost because Jesus says it exists. Okay? Now about you? I'm going to go with Jesus. I'm going to trust what he says. I'm going to believe what he says. This is what Jesus said about heaven in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. It says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. My friends, heaven is a real place. It does exist. It is not some mythical, magical uh, part of someone's imagination. It does exist. Jesus said it exists. But you know, we also can know heaven is real because God has actually revealed heaven in visions to other people. Okay? Now, I'm not necessarily talking here about folks that we hear about that have near-death experiences. Are they possibly getting a glimpse of heaven? Maybe. Maybe maybe, but here's what I do know. I'd rather focus on what we, the, what we know about heaven and who God has revealed heaven to in his word, because that's the only thing we can really trust, okay? So Revelation chapter 21 is where we're going to be for just a moment, because here is where God is giving the apostle John a vision of what heaven is like, okay? This is what it says in verses 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven, a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and the city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. What a beautiful description that God gave John. Of what heaven's going to be like. No more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. The pain in our body gone. The hurts, the shame, the guilt, the regret, all healed in Jesus' name. The weariness of this world left behind. There truly will be no more tears in heaven. And that's more than just an Eric Clapton song. Come on now. It's true. There will be no more tears in heaven. Only the joy and the happiness that will come from God, from us being in God's presence and constantly Constantly being loved by a heavenly father. Wow. Heaven is real, my friends. And what a beautiful place it's going to be. The second thing I want to point out about heaven that we find in God's word is this. Heaven is home for the believer. If you believe in Jesus, heaven is your home. It's my home. You see, Jesus lived a short time on earth, but he always knew and he always understood that his real home was heaven. So why would Jesus leave his home in heaven and come down to take the form of man here on earth? He did it for one reason, love. Jesus loved you and I so much that he came down to pay the price for our sin, to, for a debt that we owed. That debt is actually death, right? Instead, Jesus himself, and this is what we're celebrating this week, right? And next Sunday, what we really get to celebrate is his conquering of death, right? But the reason Jesus came was to die. I think we said in week one, we're born to die. Jesus was born to die, just like you and I were. But see, through it all, Jesus always knew that his home was heaven. Throughout his 33 years on this earth and continuing today, his message was and still is pointing others to heaven. Reminding us all that this world and everything in it, is temporary. Everything in this world is temporary. Paul reminds us of this in Philippians 3:20 when he says, "But our relationship is in heaven." Or excuse me, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. This scripture was talking to believers. That's who Paul was talking to. And the truth is, heaven is the home for believers. And that's why Jesus came, so that we would have the chance, the opportunity to believe in him and secure for ourselves a home in heaven. That's why Jesus, that's what his central message was. Let me ask you this. Are you living for heaven? Or are you just existing here on earth? It's an important question. Are you living your life for heaven, or are you just here taking up space? It's an important thing. It's an important thing to to think about because you see, when we live for heaven, we're going to live differently. Remember, we said this this whole time: what we believe about eternity determines how we live now. So I'm asking you to think: Are you living for heaven? Colossians 3, 1 and 2 gives us kind of a glimpse of what it looks like to live for heaven. This is what it says. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, I think this is the most important part of this verse. Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on earth. That's what it looks like to be living for heaven. Now, I know we all have things to do here on earth. We got jobs, we got kids, we got hobbies, we got, hey, we, we got things. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Don't fall in love with those things. Don't embrace those things. I know you gotta do them. Sometimes the Bible says we gotta endure those things. Sometimes we gotta, and, and the Bible does say, you know do your best in everything you're doing unto the Lord. I get all that. I'm just asking you, don't don't fall in love with those things. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with the hope of heaven. That's what that verse in Colossians is really saying. Don't fall in love with this stuff. You know, maybe you've heard the term, our goal here is really to live in the world, but not be part of it. That's what Colossians 3, 1 and 2 is telling you. It's telling me. Just don't fall in love with the stuff of the world. Keep your mind on your heavenly home. You see, living for heaven calls us to develop an eternal perspective. Not just the here and now. It's about eternity. And when we have that heavenly mindset, that eternal perspective, then our hobbies become an opportunity to share the love of God with others. <laughs> not, not, not just a place to go hang out or not just a thing to do, right? Our work becomes an opportunity to minister to people. To minister to people, that doesn't mean we're all, you know, in their face and, you will know, burn and turn and all that. No, man, you just love them. You just love people. You just treat them well. You treat them kindly. That's what living for heaven looks like in our workplace. Come on. Heaven is home for the believers, so we look for chances to share the gospel of Jesus Christ because we want to take as many people with us to that home. Come on. That's, that's living for heaven. Living for heaven is not just us for and no more. We, if you have that mentality, you're not living for heaven. I'm just telling you right now, you're not. Neither am I. If that's the way I'm living, I'm not living for heaven that way either. Living for heaven remembers we got a home. We got a home and it ain't this place. And it reminds us, That what we do here matters. Remember, in in week one, we we talked about the the different books that our names are are being recorded in. The book of life, when we accept Jesus, right? But there's other books. You remember that things we do here matter. What you do matters. It's not about your salvation. I'm not talking about that. That's that's all in the book of life. That's accepting Jesus. But what you do matters. What you do matters. Now, the last thing I'd like to talk about that we find about heaven. There's more than just these three, by the way. I'm only picking three today. But one other thing I'd like to point out is that we will be busy in heaven. We will not be bored. Come on, man. How many of you heard the 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 thing? Oh, we're just gonna be floating on clouds, playing harps, and hey. No that's nowhere in scripture, that's nowhere in the Bible. And, and number one, if that's what it was like, that sounds pretty boring. Come on. That, that does sound pretty boring. But I got good, good news for you. That's not what heaven's like. You don't have to take my word for it. This, this is what God says heaven is like, okay? Because it, it's important that we have it. Because here's what Pastor Karen showed us last week. Our enemy has a way. No, not a way. His whole vocabulary is a lie. Let me tell you that again. His whole vocabulary, every word that comes out of his mouth, spiritually, is a lie. He's the father of lies, is actually what, what the Bible says. And so what Pastor Karen showed us last week is that our enemy has a way of twisting the truth, a lie, about what hell's like, right? Making it sound not so bad or, or even planting the idea in some people's minds that it doesn't even exist at all, right? That's his strategy with hell. Well, guess what? Our enemy has a strategy for heaven too, to lie about heaven, to make it sound like it's not that great, uh, it's not going to be that good. Yeah, you don't really want to waste your time, you know, living for heaven. Why? I mean, that's that's the mentality. So any any word that you hear related to that, anything that you uh, come across, whether reading, hearing, whatever, that depicts heaven that way, you can you can know right where the source is. It's our enemy. He's lying to you. Okay. That's not consistent with what God says heaven is about. Right? And so here's the thing. Heaven is going to be such a beautiful place. I mean, it's it's going to be be beyond our wildest imagination. It's going to be a place where we are fully engaged in living. You know, February 21st, 2018, Billy Graham, the great evangelist, passed away. Several years before that, Uh, This is what Billy Graham, I'm going to give you a pretty close quote to what he said. Billy Graham said several years before that, he said, one day you're going to hear that Billy Graham has passed away. Don't believe it. I will be more alive on that day than I am right now. That's what Billy Graham said. It's a good reminder to us, we're going to be fully alive, we're going to be fully engaged in this place called heaven. We're going to be busy. We're going to be busy. You know, here on earth, we only have five senses to experience life with, right? But in heaven, we're not limited to that. Everything's perfect there. I don't know, maybe we got 10. I don't know how many senses we're going to have. I don't know what we're going to have, but I know it's going to be better than what we have now. So if I'm experiencing all these great things with the five senses now, it's going to be a whole nother level. In heaven, with what, with what we feel, experience, come on, that's not boring. We're going to be busy. We're going to be busy. You know, Scripture gives us all kinds of different glimpses, and most, a lot of it is in the book of Revelation. In that book, we, we read that we're going to worship without distraction. We're going to rest without being bored. We're going to serve without exhaustion. Wow, Amazing. We're going to be busy in heaven, y'all. We're going to be busy. Here's one other thing. We're going to know each other. Did y'all know that? But be careful about how you treat the people here on earth because you're going to know them there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just saying, you know that neighbor you got? You know that person you cut off on the highway and, you know, that cut you off? Um, we're going to know each other in heaven. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen tells us, when in that perfect state, we're going to fully know people, and they're going to fully know us. So it also, it also talks about we're going to be fully, we're going to fully know God as well, right? But it's not just God. We're going to actually fully know one another. Remember, Jesus said, I have many rooms. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. Now you know how much you care for your friends and your family here. Just think about how much. More. Axel, you can come. How much more it's going to be with all these other people you get to do heavenly life with in our heavenly home, right? We get to worship with them, get to work with them, get to serve with them. Heaven is not going to be boring. It's going to be good. It's going to be amazing. And on top of all this, on top of all that, top of all that, just the beauty of heaven itself. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to, I, those are the words I'm not sure I can adequately communicate. I want you to do this. Everyone just close your eyes right now. And I want you to get in your mind a picture of the most beautiful thing you have ever seen on earth. For somebody, that might be a sunset. My, my, my bride loves sunsets. For some of you that might be standing on a mountaintop and just looking at a valley below. For someone that might be sitting on a beach and just looking at a calm, beautiful ocean with the waves. Just whatever that beautiful sight is that you have in your mind. My friends, I want to tell you that heaven will surpass all of that. It will surpass any and all things that you think are beautiful now. It's going to be so much more. Here's a few things that I want you to envision that are described about heaven and how it looks. It says the light in heaven is like the most precious stones, brighter than the biggest diamond you've ever seen. The streets have been described as appearing like gold and yet transparent as glass. I I can't even think about that. And there's a tree of life in heaven, whose fruit never stops producing. It's right in the middle of a river. It's described in Revelation 22. Wow, all of these things are just such beautiful images. So just the beauty of heaven itself, you're not going to be bored. You're going to be really busy. God, I hope all of us in this room are there. I hope we're all really busy together. And these are just some amazing things that are waiting for us in heaven, and all we have to do is just accept what Jesus did for us. This week we remember, and next week we celebrate. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at pursuitchurchsacom give. Thank you for listening, and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.